What's up, everybody? My name is Fernanda Sesto. I was born and raised in Uruguay, but I'm currently a senior at the University of Rochester in New York, and I'm very passionate about entrepreneurship, technology, and building things. I've been involved with the venture capital space since my freshman year of college, and I decided to create this podcast because I want to bring visibility to Latin America as an emerging market and help investors and just people who are interested in investing in the region to understand more about the ecosystem there. I will be interviewing investors and entrepreneurs, talking about their career, their experiences, trends, and everything related to ventures. In this episode, I talked to Santiago Rosenblatt, who is a founder and CEO of Strike, a software security testing startup that offers continuous pen testing tools to make sure a company's data is safe. Santiago is a computer engineer from Uruguay who has previously worked at Pedidosha and who started hacking at the age of six. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Santiago. How are you? Doing great. How are yourself? How's your big, your week been so far? I'm great. Just started classes today, so pretty excited. So Amazing. very happy to have you here today. Um, you're the first Uruguayan that I am interviewing, so that makes me really happy. <laughs> Um, no pleasure. Thanks for the invite. Yeah. So, can you like give me a quick intro about yourself, and so everyone knows about what you do and your background? Oh, for sure. So, I'm Santiago Rosenblatt. I'm founder and CEO of Strike. Um, so, basically, I'm 26 years old, but I actually started hiking 20 years ago when I was six, six and a half, and that uh, led to to well, basically, start offensively hiking lots of applications, streaming ser- services of USA, like NBA, NFL, NHL, uh, PayPal, and then I ultimately ended up leading cybersecurity at some of the best or biggest companies in 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 Uruguay and, and the Latin region, like um, Astrobate, Logan, and uh, ended up in, in Peidosha um, behind the Lear group, the Lear Hero group. Um, and now well, I, it ended up in, in, in Strike, which I'm going to tell you about it later, of course. Awesome. Yeah, I actually... Um, heard about you like when there was this um, post or article in one of the newspapers that said yeah like you were a hacker when you were six that was <laughs> pretty cool um, so yeah tell me about Strike how did it happen and what's the story behind it well so so uh, our story uh, um, so basically as I said I started hacking really early I like really offensive hacker uh, I would hack everything related to passions so um, from a really big fan of Kobe Bryant and the Lakers, so I would hack the official screen services to watch Kobe Bryant play at 3 a.m. here in Uruguay. And then I started growing. Um, found one of in PayPal that allowed me to have animated trials in Netflix and Spotify. Um, and when I was 14 and a half, um, I found a vulnerability in a marketplace that allowed me to buy any item for free, just paying for the, for the shipping. Um, and I went ahead and I got four items, uh, a PSP, like a station, um, a smart TV, a microwave, and a small TV for the kitchen. And uh, it worked. So I realized, yeah, like maybe this is this is not good. You've been stealing for the past eight years, which is crazy because I wasn't even 15 there. Um, and then I just get, it just kept going that way. And I started helping some, some of the best companies here, as I said. Um, and that experience, especially uh, a couple of years later, um, I went to study in, in UK, came back from Oxford, 
And at that point, I was giving conferences with people from companies like Silicon in Silicon Valley in Europe and and Latam, and I was helping there, like big big companies like Twitter, Data in in Silicon Valley. And I was thinking, how is it possible we're spending tens of thousands of dollars per year or per month uh, in these companies while I was hacking when I was uh, like eight years old with a $100 netbook in, in Latam, in, in Montevideo, in my bedroom. And I was causing, causing a lot of damage and I was being able to bypass lots of security measures. Like cybersecurity, it's uh, being really expensive, you know, like um, especially the, the, the defense is being super expensive. We need to level the field, you know, make cybersecurity defense as uh, affordable as offense in some way. So that's that's how strike uh, happened actually. And originally, I didn't wanted to 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 create a uh, an enterprise or a business related to cybersecurity because it was just a hobby for me. I had some in the past that had to do with fashion and technology or uh, an application to go out at night. So nothing to do with this, but it uh, just uh, I think was casual that it ended up in. In, in strike that's pretty cool and you started pretty young right because strike how long has it been since you started so well so strike this time when i i come back from from uk so it's just on the on, on mid-march 2020s just on the beginning of the pandemic i finished my term there come come back home due to the pandemic and this idea uh, of the problem i wanted to solve the one i was just explaining comes to my mind uh, on the last days of March 2020s. And since the first week of April that year, I started meeting with a, a operator from different companies, CEOs, CTOs, CISOs, every week with one or two asking, this is, I mean, talking about this is the problem we're solving. This is our current solution. What's wrong with this solution? And that just kept us iterating from that year on, from consultancy to then penetration testing as a service, then continuous pen testing, and now we are moving towards continuous security, which of course I can deep dive uh, just in a bit. Um, but that's basically uh, when it started, and now and we ended up releasing uh, or opening to the general public this year. So two years later, actually. Um, so back then I kept working at Payosha for one year and a half more, while I was uh, still developing Strike. So to be uh, to to put you in in time mm -hmm. in some way. So from April 2020 till August, I was just validating. And on the first day of August 2020s, I say, okay, I, I, I've been validating a lot. I need to keep validating, but in on the 1st of August 2021, I need to have something something up, like a, a station, like a beta or something that needs to be up. So I coded in 10 minutes a, a small website, which was a counter like a, a bash script that would uh, code itself in online uh, um, a counter that said, okay, 365 days remaining. And it just kept going on. And at that point I said, I need to start alone and people would, would just appear. And that's, that's how it went. So I started that day with, uh, with the domain and the, and the webpage. And four, four days later, I met uh, Fang Tommy who ended up leading, leading strike with me. Uh, since the beginning that's very cool very cool um so you know this podcast is about venture capital and i'm trying to interview investors and entrepreneurs who have experience um raising money in latam so you've raised actually a seat round this year of 
5.4 million. So congrats about that. Uh, how was that experience like? And why did you decide to go fundraising? And, you know, what was your strategy? If you can, like, tell me more about that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so regarding, so you said, how was the experience like? Uh, it, it was amazing, um, amazingly intense as well. Um, I can describe it as, it, it, it's, uh, I say it's amazing because for me and of course the other people are just listening to me and, and are not being able to see me, but the way I describe it is it was past year, let's say when I started uh, really speaking with VCs was, uh, I guess in September past year. 2021. Um, and I just that there's something really big going in front of our eyes, like just going through like this, all the venture capital world with people wanting to help other people to to create, to build amazing things, like a super massive enterprise that are solving big problems. It's just in front of everyone's eyes, like everyone's eyes. But it's like you can see it, like most people mo most people don't realize it's there, and suddenly you open a door like an Narnia maybe, like you open a door, you get inside and there's this this insane world of people like super cooperative, um, like with operators helping young entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs contributing as well, um, people you know, basically investing and, and, and lending capital to other person that uh, basically wants to do something and helping. So that's that's how it felt. It felt like suddenly it, it, it it's difficult to get there but once you are there, it seems that everyone wants to help. So it, it, it's incredible. And I personally, a person that loves helping, I have my two hours per week on uh, Tuesdays that is for helping people. And it just felt amazing really to, to find that. And how like how did I decide to, to go fundraise? Actually, it was casual. So originally I started with bootstrapping and given these conversations, like uh, the, the problem, What's like this? Our problem, this our current solution. What's wrong with the solution? So after one year uh, since I started validating, so it was March, April, 2021, and one week I met with Ruben Sosenke, uh, one of the co-founders and former CTO at Pedosha. The next week I met with Sergio Fogel from the local, and the following week, like the last one, I met with Ari Burstein, former CEO and and uh, other of the three co-founders of, Pe of Pedosha. And I met with them. I said, problem, solution, what's wrong with the solution? They said, problem, it's super clear. I suffer it every day in my company. Solution, it's amazing. At that point, we were already in, in continuous spend testing. Um, what's wrong with the solution? And it's, you have more than 20 people that want to invest. And for some reason, although you know exactly where you want to go and how you're gonna, how you're going to do it, what you need to do it, you're saying, no, no, I just want to use my own money, do bootstrapping while you have people wanted to invest millions in yourself. Um, if I would have been in your position when when I started, I would have definitely have taken that money to make it faster because it's it's the only thing that it will, will do, just, just help you, right? So that's how I ended up fundraising. And in terms of fundraising and then the, the strategy as well. So basically, as I didn't want to, to, um, to raise money at the beginning, what I did was for the people who who helped me in the beginning, let's say in, in the beginning of my, my my career, my professional career while, while I was working, I said these seven, eight people, um, let's give them the chance to, chance to invest because they have uh, uh, indirectly 
helped me build Strike because they gave me uh, they and their, their, their mentorship in some way and their companies had gave me all the knowledge I'm using to build Strike. So I invited these seven, eight people to invest in a pre-seed at a lower valuation than the one we knew we were going to be raising. And these, these were like the three co-founders of Pedro Shah, my former CTO at Pedro Shah, uh, Sergio Jorge from the local, Juan Jose Correa, uh, which was my former CEO at, at AstroPay and some other people from from the local and basically it was we don't need money right now because we're doing well bootstrapping uh we we let them invest and uh, so they could have you know, like 0.25 percent so those who wanted to invest 1 million or those who wanted to invest 500k like it was like no 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 we don't need this amount of money <laughs> this is not for now so actually most of them invested again in the seed so actually it was first proceed with with them always thinking strategically so that they could would contribute uh, in other ways that just given money. So um, let's say it was some smart money. And same for the for the VCs. So while I was doing bootstrapping, um organically they like some VCs started arriving and VCs like really big VCs from from Europe for instance, like really known VCs. Um, even the, so I guess one of the examples of this is I, I, I developed in some way a track record given my, my professional work that ended up having like the former director of, of security at Delivery Hero reaching out to me through LinkedIn, telling me, Hey, Santi, like I, I was speaking with the CISO of Palo Alto Networks. He's looking for, for investment opportunities. I know you are doing something big. I'm not asking, I want to connect the two of you. And it's funny because that was around March, April, 2021. And I was waiting, I was developing Strike already, but I was waiting until something like August 21st um, to show him Strike and, and to, to look into his opinion. And actually what happened is that he was trusting me so much that without even knowing what I was doing, because he had no idea, he was like, I trust you. I trust you as a person and as a professional. I'm already referring you without even knowing what you're doing to this other person who actually is now an angel. And and he came with uh, this VC from 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 Germany, who we decided not to. Well, it was kind of mutual. So he like the VC ended up not investing, but he he did. And I often speak with with uh, with him with Sergey, and and I guess just kept going on. So you start speaking with the VCs that arrive. Then you you decide um, who to who to get in, and I guess one of the key decisions was to make sure that the VCs we were picking were not based on how much they were going to invest or the valuation. Actually, it, it it had to do with again strategic, making sure that they believed in our vision and wanted to contribute there, and we could have raised at a much much higher valuation, like I guess like ten million more valuation than the one we ended up raising. Um, but we decided, of course, to raise at a lower valuation. Because we prioritized prioritized um, experience and strategy in, in, in besides um, or contrary to all the prioritizing money, and that's that's basically how it went. But to put it in numbers and, and sum up this point, we wanted to raise two millions on the beginning. In three four days, we are we arrived to five hundred commitment, five hundred k commitment um, from operators like the Zero Alto Networks, Mati Woloski from O Zero. Of course, Sergio Foja and some other some other guys, like really renowned guys. 
And we said, okay, a VC who wants to lead, uh, we want to have significant equity, so let's increase to 2.5 million. And at the end, it was impossible to raise raise less than 5 million because we were over subscribed for, I guess, it was like 17 or 18 million. And we ended up raising 5.4. So it was, it was in, intense. Yeah, yeah, that sounds pretty <laughs> intense. Um, but it's also, I think it's interesting that you mentioned that, that, you know, you kind of like prioritize the investors experience and how much they wanted to get involved with like helping you and like giving mentorship and also how passionate you were um, about your startup and like your mission. I think that's also very important. And, you know, that's the main difference between active and passive investors. So looking for active investors, definitely um, a great thing for, for entrepreneurs. Um, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you want to add something? No, I, I just want to say that I guess the, the way I think about it is that this is a long-term game. So it's not like a one-year or, or six-month thing. For me, it's this is like at least like I don't know, like five, ten years on. So I this is a relationship in some way with the VCs, and you want to partner with the best, the best VCs, the best people, even like in-house. So we have a we, we put a lot of uh, like emphasis in the culture and strike and the, the, our values and principles and how we move uh, to give an idea. Yeah, I definitely uh, like that that approach, Santiago. Um, so in terms of, you know, LATAM and Uruguay, of course, what are some of the trends that you see in the region in terms of venture capital and entrepreneurship? Okay, so some trends. So I see that now. So of course, this year is a bit lower, but especially on the, on the past one, as more and more uh, unicorns started to 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 appear from South America, uh, they they turn in some way to uh, some kind of cool schools, you know, like school for for different kind of entrepreneurs that would give them the well the the knowledge, the ability, uh, the strategy and, and the funding or, or the the network to create their own thing. And you've seen different different cases, especially in Uruguay, uh, as companies as uh, Pedro Shah from the Hero, the local, like all of these companies that then ended up having people going uh going away and and starting developing their own things with the mentorship of of the former of the founders of these other companies and i'm just talking about uruguay but argentina is the same mexico the same um so i think or, or colombia of course with the with the rapi mafia um and if you actually have a look at strike so strike it's basically people who were in Astro paid local and paid the all together, or even the Little Hero. So our chief legal and strategy officer, she was formerly leading legal at the Little Hero. Um, our CMO, or at, at some point he was he was at the Spegard, but then paid the uni and Krana. But the, there's a, a a common thing which is paid the and same with with people from from the local. So I think. Common trends, well, new companies, like new new companies growing with this global mentality, uh, knowing that going global and building something big, like this, like $5 billion company, $10 billion company is possible. And that's one of the best things, like understanding this is something that it's achievable, like without any, it's, it's a no-brainer that you can achieve that. You need to play hard and and move, like travel if, it, like you, if you need to take a, a plane for one day or 12 hours to go to to Europe from Uruguay or to other place, you just do it. Like you need to keep moving every time and iterating like every day to like to 
well, to make better better your company, but improve yourself as well. Um, but in terms of strengths, I am seeing lots of new companies being out there that want to go global, that understand this is possible. And you see that more companies are, are raising money right now from strategic investors, especially to go go conquer these new markets abroad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, Marcial mentioned this also in the first episode of this podcast that, you know, when you have these big companies um, already established for a while in, in the region, then the employees go and start, you know, their own startups and that kind of feeds the startup ecosystem. And it's very interesting, you know, to see as well. Um, so these are two questions that I ask every person who um, I interview. So do you have any hot takes about ventures in Latin America? And do you have any advice? You know, the podcast is for young investors and people in college and, you know, people who are just trying to get more involved with the Latin American uh, venture ecosystem. So I know you're also pretty young, so it's cool to hear from someone that is around the same age and if you have any advice. Yeah, I guess first in terms of like hot takes, I should have one. I am getting the into uh, it's uh, it's um it's really a hot take that I, I could have said no let's not mention this, but actually I believe it's really important. So I was speaking with this with another founder, another female female founder, a couple of months ago, because uh, I've heard a lot of times that people say so. There's a saying uh, in some ways that it's more difficult for for women to raise. Um, and I've, I've heard many people saying it's actually not, but I was speaking with, with here and actually I, I personally, you know, this is personal, this could be subjective, but I do believe it's actually the case because many people don't realize or think, no, like when they say they cannot fundraise, it's just because they're not trying as hard as they need, but it's the same for a man or for a woman, but actually that's not the case. Um, so what I've seen is I, I have. As I said, I, I know this 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 founder, which I go, uh, I I get along really well, and she has the, this issue, in which at some point when she was working at another company, uh, she was meeting with clients, and she went uh, at night to have dinner just for professional professional meetings, and and when they finished dinner, the the um, the the man there asked her like, should we go? Well, now we go to the hotel, and she was like. What? What do you mean with the hotel? Yeah, I guess you're here for for the reason. And she was like, oh, "Of course not. Like this is business." And I, I'm mentioning this this event because I guess many people don't realize that at least how, you asked about the the, pro, the process and the strategy. So I would have dinner, like go like a drink something or have a a lunch with uh, with many many investors, like many uh, men's in some way, and. There's no way they would think that I'm trying to to get them into some, something else, right? And on the other case, I guess many times people uh, get confused when they shouldn't that they are doing business. Like, uh, and and for example, here, like she wouldn't ask ask anyone to have dinner with her after that event because she don't want to get get exposed to that situation. And on the like, I'm following with with, it, with this thought. Actually, if you have a look, most of the CEOs, which means most of the operators and then most of the investors are men. So this means that they get exposed much more to these situations if they want to raise. So I think 
saying that this is not uh, that there's no difference i think it's 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 being super biased and actually not paying attention at the big picture and i think more and more we speak about these things and we understand that there is a difference that there there are some things we need to speak as a as a community in some way it's going to improve um but i think this is a hot take which i i know i'm getting into a field like super controversial field but i think it's important i'm risking myself i think it's, it's wise or at least I, I feel it's honest for me to mention it because I see it, I actually see it happening. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I mean, female founders, my, one of my biggest like passions in terms of like supporting that's why I got into uh, ventures. And definitely I, I feel like uh, in Latin America and in the US, it's, um, I think in the US and in Europe, maybe it's more spoken. But I, I feel like in emerging markets, since, you know, still like it, the, the startup community is predominantly male, um, you know, the situations are unfortunately happening. And I definitely like seen um, testimonies and like stories of other female founders who complain about investors, you know, having this, getting confused and having this wrong idea of like meetings like that are supposed to be. And also, you know, the power dynamics are not really like, well, you know, in that situation. So definitely, I, I, well, I think that's the school that you bring that up. And so the second question was about advice. So advice on fundraising, you mean? Advice in general, like for people who want to get involved, you know, with the VC ecosystem in Latin America, with like startups and like, um, in, yeah, in general. Yeah, so, so advice is, is a, a strong word, I guess, for me. So I feel I'm just con constantly learning. And as you said, I, I'm super young. So it's not that I'm um, I'm super capable in, in some way of giving advice. But I can say, I guess, I don't know if for like for BC, especially for for building something, like for, for starting with something, as I said. So in my case, I, I decided on, on August 2020, 2020s, like I'm not waiting for anyone here. It's like I need to to do something big. I need to do it along with people. Like do it to together. Uh, but I think to start, like you don't you don't need to wait to someone to appear to start. You need to start to keep pushing to to get hard, and then people will suddenly appear, and you you, you can coach them or and you can get them in and and empower them with your vision and and showing them why this is something big, and people will understand um but this is one of the first things like just you need to go get it you know you don't, you don't wait for other uh, other people to appear you just do it that would be the first one the the other would be um, I, I guess to try to to enjoy the the journey so it's really intense so uh, especially this week so uh, to give you an idea we say uh, and we know that we are in a startup because your worst week it's just the, the one before your best week and we were having like, uh, I guess the past month and a half, one week, week which was amazing. Then uh, our most, like our worst week ever. Then an amazing week again. Then our worst week ever. And then one good week. And at that point, I will tell the team, hey, rest this week, uh, enjoy, go to the night, do anything, because the next week could be could be could be really intense. And actually, we 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 broke this trend, and uh, our last two weeks and a half or three three weeks. Uh, have been really good <laughs> but um i guess the, the, the most important thing here is about enjoying the journey because there are lots of things that are going to be happening that you you look look back and you're saying 
these things that when was in front of me, I was thinking, no, this is a really big mountain, really difficult, and it's impossible for me to climb it or to go to the other side. And then when you moved one month in advance, you look at that, and that was just a, a small stone in the in the road, you know. Uh, so I guess enjoy the journey. Remember that you never know where this can takes takes you and, and your team. Um, so I think it's about enjoying every moment. And on the on the last notice, I think would be especially for BC that I think it's about trying to help people, like people who I've seen, as I said on uh, the beginning, people who get him into BC uh, are especially passionate about helping people and contributing. So if you're like that, I think you have a lot of a, a really big opportunity and uh, you are going to be learning and being able to contribute in different different fields so i i would just encourage people to either create their own venture like there's nothing you can lose i mean you can just learn if, if you ask me like if for some reason strike would fail like what would be failing right because i i met um like incredible incredible people during uh, along these two years uh, I even made really good friends, like uh, uh, people I, I can really call friends that would call me when they're not feeling well, besides strike, like nothing to do with strike and in the same way I would do. So, um, so I think it, you just you just go do it, like there's nothing bad that can happen. I guess you just go and if it doesn't turn out the way you expected it, 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 it either way it's going to be a, a great experience. I love that optimism <laughs> and that on that positive note, ending on that positive like note. Uh, so yeah, thank you, Santiago. This is very cool, and I appreciate you joining the podcast. Now, as I said, amazing to be able to join here and for the opportunity. I'm humbled. So thank you for for doing this and uh, for keeping with it with the podcast. Yeah. Thanks. a great time talking to Santiago. I love talking to fellow Uruguayans who are pretty involved in the startup ecosystem um, in LATAM. And I really appreciated like all the advice he gave and um, his time. So I hope you also have fun and that you enjoy this episode and come back for the next one.